For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. They can't get them, but you can catch us on the C3 Panthers podcast live 9 p.m. It's a Wednesday, a day late, not a dollar short. It's a new year. Happy New Year to everybody watching. Uh, and it's a new year, a new day with new fears for Carolina Panthers fans. And that's the name of the show tonight. And I'm here to talk about it with Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, my man. It's 2019. I'm already done with the disappointment that was that 2018. I'm sure we've got to dissect it, but hope springs eternal. I'm ready to move forward and and look forward to this new season, man. We have free agency coming up. We have drafts coming up. A lot of stuff to talk about. I'm ready to do it, man, here on the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast. They call me the professor. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode and smash the thumbs up button and share the link wherever you hang out and talk about the Carolina Panthers. That's how you can grow Panther Nation with us for free. Tonight's show, guys, Panthers retain coach and management, it seems. 19 free agents coming up for the Carolina Panthers. That's the highest number I've heard since Dave Gettleman took over. After his first year, there was 21 or 22 that year. Cam's shoulder is still a mystery, and some odd comments from Nor- Norv Turner or some scary comments from Norv Turner. Uh, all of that, plus where are Tepper and Herney now that the new year is here and the new day is here? 
What's the plan? So we'll be getting into all of that again. Uh, support the show by sharing it. You can find us on Patreon. Uh, you can be a part of the Shindig. The link is in the show notes on YouTube. And you can pay oh. is here. And you can call into the show uh, using the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. And, um, and we'll get you in and we'll, we'll hear what you got to say about where the Panthers are at and, and going forward. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and start off by just beginning with the discussion. The Panthers retain Marty Herney and Rivera, but we haven't heard from Marty Herney or Tepper. We haven't heard. They haven't addressed the media just yet. And uh, we're kind of trying to figure out. I, I think we 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 kind of not broke this, Cody, but we saw this um, on the post game show that the Carolina Panthers had decided. And David Tepper did not indicate that he was throwing his hat into the coaching carousel just uh, as of yet. So at this point, the league is changing vastly. Cody, Ron Rivera, Marty Herney going forward. How are you feeling? A couple of days removed. Um, I feel very similar to how I did. Um, I, I don't, um, again, I'm not very surprised that everyone is, uh, you know, still at the same job. Marty Herney is there. Uh, I, you know, Ron Rivera obviously is still there. I am disappointed that we haven't heard anything from Marty Herney. Um, you know, one of the things, again, we talk about David Gettleman and now the you know, whole fan base kind of hates on Dave. But one of the things I did appreciate about him was how open he was, and he would revel in a press conference. He loved the back and forth um, with the the media members, and he would kind of let you know uh, an honest assessment of what he felt about the football team. And I feel with Marty, there is absolutely none of that. Um, And I I don't know if we're going to hear from Herney at all. Well, we have for a long time. Herney was very active, and and you know, prior yeah. to his first stint as GM, he would come on the radio a lot, and he came on the radio a lot early on in the season when we were having that success. Now he's kind of uh, gone back into the bushes like Homer Simpson, and I think rightfully so. Probably want to be quiet, keep your head down at this moment till you get a feel of if you got a job or not, but. If things are stabilizing to the point that Tepper says, um, hey, you guys are at least going to be here right now for the next season, then I think it's time to come out and start laying out the plan and the vision. Uh, and I want to hear from Herney more than anybody. Uh, I, I'm, I've heard enough from Ron Rivera, but let's go ahead and hear from Ron. Uh, actually, before we go to Ron Rivera, let's talk about this quickly. Is We, we talked about this last week, I believe. And that is one of the reasons why people are very, have been upset about the retention of, of Ron Rivera. And they want to go ahead and, like you have said, rip the Band-Aid off and go ahead and get that offensive coordinator. You see what the Bears are doing, I mean, or that offensive coach. You see what the Bears are doing. You see what the Rams have done. But in some ways, it's kind of hopeful. They're 25% of the league is without a, without a head coach right now, Cody. Eight teams are in the market. And, and this tweet from Bucky Brooks, I think, says the other half of the coin that you have to figure out once you fire a guy like Ron Rivera or fire any head coach at this point. And Bucky Brooks says, I don't know where we're going to find all these qualified coaches 
to fill all these vacancies. There aren't that many QB gurus and offensive masterminds to go around. Cody, did you believe that the Panthers had enough pull just simply because they had the bazillionaire and Cam Newton in this? Or is there some hesitancy and potentially some fear that, you know, maybe that guy just isn't there or there's too many of them, right? Or there's not enough of them at the moment. Well, no, I mean, it is a, a good point to make. And, uh, I mean, people, fans of our show, and, and we have even said that, you know, there aren't necessarily um, a ton of hot prospects out on the coaching market right now. Um, I, I've even heard Kyle Kingsbury. He was the head coach of Texas Tech. And then now he they just hired him on as, I believe, the offensive coordinator at USC. And he's already uh, um, being interviewed by the Jets and the Cardinals. So it really, I mean, it's kind of a testament uh, to there really isn't a whole lot of big-name hires out there. And then even some of the bigger names, you know, you have uh, McCarthy is someone uh, that, that has been named. Uh, Bruce Arians is someone that's been named. And I believe that um, he has said he would only come back for the Browns job. But, yeah, I mean, it really it is a good point to be made. Um and Kendall, there's always that, that hidden gem that no one's talking about. If you look at Matt Nagy up there in uh, Chicago, he was the offensive coordinator for Kansas City, and that was a name that no one really, you know, he wasn't on the forefront of anyone's mind until all of a sudden he has the Chicago Bears rolling now. Um, so I don't know. I, I still kind of wish some more changes would have been made. But, yeah, man, uh, there aren't um, – there are no star candidates at the coaching position right now, and that's just the truth. You don't want to get stuck in the the sick the cycle of the retread, and right now, right, I heard that Dirk Cutter was was a um, being interviewed for offensive coordinator for the Falcons. I think would it be offensive or defensive? I'm pretty sure it'd be offensive. Um, Dirk Cutter. Offensive coordinator for yeah he was uh, he was um he was an offensive head coach for the Bucks so yeah and the Falcons fired Sarkisian so yeah that would that would make sense and he knows round the division round, yeah round and round you go you don't you don't want to just change the change this is the overtime podcast network let's hear from Ron Rivera now on how uh, the challenges this season and starting to assess where to go from just uh, go from here now that it looks like he's getting a vote of confidence from ownership at this point. This has been a, this has been a frustrating, frustrating, frustrating season when you factor in the start, the, the, the finish, the finish, finish. And, 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 you never lost them. They, they stayed with you the whole way. No, it's a good group of young men. I mean, I think it speaks well to this locker room and, and, and that they came out, they competed, and they fought, and they played well from the beginning to the end. Um, unfortunately, we, we, we had a, a little bit of a spell that we, we just didn't get it done, and that's the frustrating part. And, you know, it'll start, you know, the evaluation process will start with me um, looking at the things that I could have done better to help us, especially during that stretch. When you get into a stretch like that, you know, just all it takes is one positive thing, and we didn't get it, and, and that was disappointing. Um, but we'll see. I, I was very pleased with the, with the effort that they gave continually throughout the season. It speaks well to the, to the leadership in this locker room as well. 
So there's Ron Rivera. And the reason I play that is I actually thought that that was an interesting point there to say that he was that evaluation, that self-evaluation starts with him and what he can do better. Because clearly he didn't have a year where he was able to bring everybody together. And he was seeing that he was just as much of a stumbling piece in that slide uh, as, as it was. And I would say that's the first time I've heard Ron Rivera take a little accountability saying this begins with me. Yeah. And I honestly, it's something that we wish we would have heard from him sooner, but again, it's one of those things like we already know, we already know a lot of this was on you. We already know a lot of this was on the coaches and, um, you know, I know I've said this before. I kind of get annoyed listening to Ron Rivera talk at this point because it just feels all contrived and, you know, just that kind of the same rehearsed line. And honestly, I'm at the point now where there really isn't anything that Ron Rivera could say to make me feel good about anything because I want action. I mean, talk is cheap, and he's never had a back-to-back winning season. And that's just, uh, that's just the, the plain truth of it. And that means that there's a level of inconsistency in our coaching staff that uh, it needs to be addressed. So, honestly, it didn't matter if, uh, you know, uh, Ron Rivera uh, quoted the Bible going backward. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, we we want to see some, some real action and some improvement on his part. And I feel that's one thing that we've been saying, that the level of consistency with Ron Rivera – and everything from timeouts to clock management to evaluating talent on his own football team. It's been bad for a while now, and it's something that he needs to do better at. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's go ahead and cycle in a guest here. Let's bring in Cody from Roanoke, and we'll get his initial thoughts on the retention of of. Ron Rivera and Marty Herney, and let's move on to free agency uh, quickly after that. All right. We've got Josh from Massachusetts. No, this is uh, Josh. Josh, Cody. Cody from Roanoke. Roanoke. I'm already changing things, but it is taking a second to connect. Um, We're going to be talking about free agents in just a moment. There's a long list with with 19 names on it. Um, and I think that some of them uh, are, or most of that list is essentially uh, goners, right? But there are some names. It looks like we're having a little t- trouble connecting with Cody from Roanoke. So let's do this: is let's bring Key up the list of free agents at this point, okay. Cody. And um, right now, the list is long and in this undistinguished in many ways. And what I've seen from this so far is a lot of these guys, they are not going to be back on the team. For instance, the very first two names on this list being Mike Adams, Cameron Artis Payne. I don't know if I can expect Cameron. I don't expect Cameron Artis Payne to be anywhere in the state of North Carolina after his experience here in Carolina with this. Mike Adams, if he comes back, he has said that he wants to keep playing football. Um, I don't know why we would continue uh, to stay old when we saw that was problematic for us. Travars Cadet, Chandler Cantanzaro, Chris Clark, 
Then you get to the first name that matters probably, and that is Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis has come out in the media this week and said that he wants to be uh, he continue, wants to continue to be a part of the Carolina Panthers, even if it is in a reduced role. So where are we thinking about with Thomas Davis now that he is going to hit free agency for the first time in his entire career? Well, I'm interested to see where, where, where you are on this first, because I feel like I have a very strong opinion on this. So I, I kind of want to uh, jump off. From, from your perspective first, if you don't mind. I want to see what, what Tony Dunn thinks about some of the, the aging vets on our team. I think that uh, it w- it's going to be difficult to have Thomas Davis in a reduced capacity. I yeah. think as long as he's on the team, it's going to be very hard to say, well, you're the guy that takes reps, uh, comes in in key situations because I think he's so football – he's such a good football player that he's going to be 80 – he's going to be mentally better than a lot of the younger guys who are more athletically better. And I think that where where we have seen with Ron Rivera's tendency there is that he can't get out of the veterans to go on from that guy. And I just don't know if our if we – going to be able to use him situationally properly that's my concern with thomas davis yeah and you know i feel you know amongst fans that there's really two different opinions on thomas uh and that's you know you bring him back he's been good for the team he's good for morale and he hasn't slowed down that much and then there are other people that there's a sub the mindset that you know uh, thomas davis had seen better days that he's missed a bunch of tackles and that he didn't do a lot of um, a lot of things that he might have been able to do earlier on in his career. Listen, man, this is where I fall on, on this issue, and I believe I've said it before. I am of the mindset that as much as we love some of these all-time Panther greats, I mean, Julius Peppers, Thomas Davis, I, I honestly think that you have to say enough's enough this is the end of the road. Thank you for everything that you've done here, but it's it's time to move on. I mean, there needs to be a concerted effort to have young, fast, and explosive players on the field. And as much as we love guys like Thomas and Julius and Greg Olson, and Greg is a case of his own. That's a, one more maybe I wouldn't mind having come back since it's not a defensive position. Um but, I mean, as far as Thomas and Julius, I'm just of the mindset that you're you're taking a spot away now from someone that has the potential to be a real game changer for us. And and that's why we talked about windows um, maybe a month or so back, that, you know, you have a period in time in which your best players are performing at their highest. And you want to capitalize on those moments. You want to make a run when you have your best players firing on all cylinders. And I just don't – I mean, I feel that for a certain few players on our team right now, as sad as it is, as much as we hate it, uh, we missed that mark for them. And uh, I think Thomas Davis and Julius, um, yeah, that's a that's a part of those um, Band-Aids that we have to pull if that metaphor is going to continue on. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing is that if you know that you want to just have them there um, in the background and being able to come in if there was something bad happening. But I think it's going to he's always going to overshadow. Look at how much he's overshadowed Shaq Thompson the entire time Shaq Thompson, a first round draft pick, has been there. And uh, we're going to get to Shaq Thompson in just a second. I do want to ask you this as uh, names on this list that matter to me, though. Um, yes. And I, I, to me, are there's three names that really matter on this list. Eric Reed, David Mayo, and Daryl Williams. Those, to me, are the most uh, relevant to our future and knowing what we got. And the reason I say this is that let's just go ahead and get David Mayo out of the way. And the reason I say get David Mayo out of the way is this, is that if we don't re-sign him, I think that tells us that we are going to be either very interested in making Jermaine Carter that guy or that, again, we're going to have to kind of find that the la- the next David Mayo, the last what, – what's the guy that's in, uh, in, in uh, New Orleans AJ, AJ right now? Yeah, and so if we re-sign David Mayo for a small, reasonable kind of veteran contract, but he's not going to court people like A.J. Klein did by any means, then it says, hey, we like you for what you know about the organization, what you contribute on special teams, and the familiarity in case of an injury. But if we don't re-sign him, I think that tells us a lot about what the Panthers are going to have to – start game planning for, and that will be complicated by Shaq Thompson as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, so Ben Jacobs is one, David Mayo is one. Uh, Yeah, all all of a sudden, you know, I remember for a long time, we seemed to believe that linebacker was the deepest position that, that we had on the football team. And now all of a sudden, when you're looking at it, and Shaq Thompson needs to either um uh get the franchise or okay did he get the franchise tag uh no all right so what do you what the team is so we're talking about shag thompson now who will be going into the fifth year of his rookie contract i believe this is the way it works we have exercised the fifth year option for him which there's a formula for how they calculate what he will be paid in that fifth fifth year right now that formula equates to nine million dollars we yes. have until March 13th, however, to a fit to decide fully if we're going to do it. That is when the team officially has to say, like, once that happens, once March, March 13th happens, they will have to either stick with Shaq or not. So you could stick with Shaq. And if you do that, it's going to be a $9 million for Shaq Thompson, or if you don't, it's going to be a complete $9 million savings for a team that is uh, doesn't have a lot of cap room. And, and th- this, to me, all of a sudden begs a very uh, difficult question right here, is how important is Shaq Thompson, and is he $9 million important? Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I mean, now when you look at the depth that we have and the potential of Thomas Davis leaving us, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of think Shaq Thompson being on the team is now more important than ever, you know? And the real wild card here is we don't know how much these players, how, how they evaluate themselves. 
I mean, does does Shaq Thompson think that he's the best uh, will linebacker in in the NFL? And it, does he ask for that kind of money? Because you know, if so, I don't know. But I would. I mean, now th- this is what it is for me. I would love to have Shaq Thompson back because uh, I think that if you're if we're gonna talk about losing Thomas or having him back in a lesser role than he has been in previous years, then we're going to need someone next to Luke that isn't having to learn everything on the fly and isn't someone that, um, you know, is having to be coached up from college uh, and can actually be placed in right next to number 59, what I think is the best middle linebacker in the NFL. So, I I think I think those are all good points. And I would have said that last year. That's what I would have said last year. But here's the thing is that we have seen now Shaq Thompson be with the team for four years and uh, he has never played more than 45 percent of the defensive snaps. When Thomas Davis came back off a suspension, they moved back to Keekley and Thomas Davis. So if that truly was the modus operandi, why would – and I guess the only thing I'm willing to take right now is that Shaq was injured, and that's why it wasn't happening. But I don't know if I have seen right now enough out of Shaq to say he's the heir apparent or – what it truly should be is this. It should be Keekly now hitting the backside of being great and Shaq Thompson stepping into that greatness. And I don't know if we've seen enough out of it. And I would just make the comparison to one other player. Anthony Barr of the Minnesota Vikings just got through his fifth-year option. He was paid because he was a higher draft pick, I believe. He got $12 million last year. And um, he's played over 70% of the snaps in Minnesota. So I'm just saying this is why hasn't Shaq surplanted Thomas Davis? Or does this again come back to the coaching staff and their inability to pull the plug and do that? Our fear in bringing back Thomas Davis again. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So we're going to get some new thoughts on this. Try to bring some guests in here to the show. We'd like to hear from you guys. Number's 252-228-5098. We'll see if we can get Cody from Virginia. He's dying to get in on the show. Let's see what happens here. He's connecting. Connecting. Cody. How's it going, guys? Hey, he's there. Can you hear me? Hey, there he is. Roger that. All right, let's do this. We're talking free agency right now. Your thoughts uh, specifically on Thomas Davis and in relationship to Shaq Thompson. You know, Thomas Davis, I think, is more of a sentimental person. I mean, he's been productive, but, I mean, even to his own admission, this year he's not been – a tremendous uh, asset to the defense. Uh, there's been, if you look at film, I mean, there's been some times where he's he's maybe bit when he shouldn't have bit. And, you know, but there's also been those plays that have been, you know, potentially offense been able to live up to the standards. So <sighs> Thomas Davis, I, I like 
I like that he's still such a big part of what we do. But when you talk about Shaq Thompson, I think that when he was drafted, I would have to say most of us thought that he was the heir apparent to Thomas Davis. And because Thomas Davis has been playing at such a Pro Bowl level, we haven't been able to actually see him aside from a few flash plays. But he's 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 been able to make some tremendous plays. Um, do I think he's worth that hit on the cap? That's a really tough question when when you have so many options in the in the you know reserves with you know uh, Carter and with uh, David Mayo. You know we just don't know what we have out of Carter. I wish we would have seen a little bit more out of him um, in against New Orleans. But uh, I, there's so many options you can make with this cap space that he would take up. It's hard to make an argument for him staying, you know. This is Frank, uh, Frank, Franklin, excuse me, Franklin Klimlik on Facebook says this huge savings to let Shaq walk and take an outside linebacker at 16. The drop off from Shaq to a rookie wouldn't be that dramatic while Davis provides stability during the transition. Shaq didn't translate to warrant the price tag. I think there's a lot, there's some good points there, but if we take an outside linebacker at 16, I'm going to blow my brains out on the C3 live draft party. And actually, I won't do that. I will do something else. But the point being is this, is that um, I'm a little concerned that Shaq just didn't work out as well as we hoped. And that if he would have, he would have been so clearly the decision here. And I think, Cody from Virginia, that now we're in a difficult position to where we go. Is this worth it? The Really, the only answer to this would be, Cody, is that you can't pay him $9 million. You got to figure out a way to do a three-year deal or something where you spread it. I would agree. And I would agree. I mean – Go ahead. I mean, I was going to say, do you think that we could convince him smaller? You know, I mean, I know it's part of the contract, but I don't know how that entirely works. But do you really think that he would find – Do you? and that's what you brought up earlier. What do you believe he, he believes his value is? Um, and it's it's just so tough to tough – to, you know, justify that $9 million price tag. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, we could go round and round. I think one of the more interesting options of releasing would be Tory Smith. Um, it just depends upon a lot of different factors and, and, and what they really bring to the, you know, non-visible things that we see on the field. You know, we don't know what type of a mentality Shaq Thompson has and how he can really lead you know, other, other, you know, linebackers where obviously Luke and Thomas are going to be the, the leaders in that. But Tory Smith, obviously he's the leader of that wide receiver room, regardless of the stats and his performance. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's for people that get paid a lot more than me to make that decision. I suppose. Cody, let, let me ask you this. Is there anybody on our free agency list that you believe is a must resign that, uh, it's you know we have to have them going into next season. Do we have a player on the roster that you think is a must-have? I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit here, Eric Reed. I mean, yeah, 
it's it's so easy to to look at that list and realize the priority is Eric Reed. Um, I mean, I'd like to say Cameron Artis Payne, but one of the things I would have to I read an article and I'd have to agree with is he's a similar back to Christian McCaffrey. We don't need a duplicate. We need somebody who's able to complement. Um, you know, so I'm not sure how I feel about Cameron Artis Payne. I feel like he would have a better opportunity somewhere else. Um, I like the guy. I'd like to see him get that opportunity, but um, <sighs> Eric Reed certainly, and I would like to see F.A. because I feel like he has a lot more. It's not just a feel-good story in my mind. I feel like he actually has something that they're not giving him an opportunity to show, and that's something that's disappointing to me. Yeah, you almost want to see Cameron Artis Pan go somewhere just for his own sake, man. Let the man actually get some uh, uh, get some reps, man. Well, Cody, man, thank you for joining us again tonight. You know you're welcome whenever you want to come on. We're going to bring on some other people, but I don't know if you're Absolutely. driving, but drive, drive safe wherever you're going. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we will – go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just saying I appreciate it. And I wanted – I was thinking about this all day. I wanted to bring it up. You guys can talk about it, you know, once I dip out. Um, okay, yeah. I, I was, you know, we talked about CJ Anderson last week, and I was reading before he left, which is which makes this more frustrating that he's not a, not a Panther or he wasn't. Before he left, he was averaging over four and a half yards per carry, and those were tough yards most of the time. Those weren't easy yards. And then you see him go to Los Angeles behind a, a very good offensive line, mind you, uh, and he does 300 yards. In two games, I mean, we we talked about throughout the season he wanted to limit, you know, kind of help take some stuff off of Christian McCaffrey, but then now we turn around and, you know, we we let him walk after he was actually pretty efficient. So it helps me. It, it doesn't help me to move forward, but it helps me to, you know, feel better if they did fire Ron. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just if you guys want to talk about that, I mean, feel free. I just there was something I was thinking about, and I just I wanted to talk about because of the uh, the numbers were just kind of insane if you thought about it that way. So, all right, guys. All right, yeah, all right that's Cody. that's Cody from Virginia, not South Carolina, Cody, but or North Carolina, Cody, but uh, yeah, Cody sorry, from maybe. Virginia. Yeah, that, thanks for coming on the show. I was thinking about this in that, and then uh, first I saw C.J. Anderson talk about no trolls. Uh, he's blocking all trolls on Twitter. He's feeling good about himself right now, as he should be. Again, wait, who's, this who's, is, who's blocking all trolls? Who'd you say? CJ Anderson said that on oh, Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody's coming at him, he's going to get blocked. Um, but I don't blame. Uh, I, I think if anything, is that it's been the the one problem I've had when it comes to CJ Anderson as well as uh, the use of Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore early on in this season, is I think that's the only stain on Norv Turner's resume from this year, is that Norv Turner didn't supersede Ron and saying, come on, Ron, I just don't buy. I believe that Ron Rivera worships at the idol of Norv Turner. And I believe that if Norv Turner said we need more of this, that Ron would be behind it 100%. So I think that that truly indicates 
there's something going on there too. And we don't know what it is. But I did want to bring this up before we get continue on with free agents because we do need to talk about Eric Reeb. Luke Keekley, one of the things is is that right now we have uh, only $23 million in cap space. If you were to cut uh, Shaq Thompson or, or do something with him, you could increase that slightly. Luke Keekley is going to have a $17 million cap number this year. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's uh, yeah, that's pretty steep. But at, but at the same time, at the same time, yeah. though, what other, what other player on our team other than Cam deserves a, a big paycheck more, huh? I'm not saying that. Is this is just yeah. if you look at it, and I think if we go back and we put up that video, and go ahead and put that list of free agents back up, Cody, because then there's an allocation of our stars to how much of our roster. Luke Keekley counted $8 million against the cap this year in 28. It's going to double, right? And, I mean, obviously you can't get out of uh, – you You would have $11 million in dead money and five, you would save $6 million against the cap if you were to cut Luke Keekley. But nobody's saying that. I think what I'm trying to bring up here is this, is that um, – it's going to be hard. Think about this. Wouldn't it be difficult at this current juncture, Cody, to pay two linebackers $28 million or yeah, $26 million? Difficult. That's a giant allocation of cap. Giant. And not only that, but I also think that it kind of speaks to something that the Panthers do more than any other team does, and that is the the, the centerpiece the best aspects of the Carolina Panthers' defense is our linebacking core. I would say that above our defensive backfield and above our, uh, uh, even above our, our front four. And I, I honestly think that that's kind of a problem. And I know for a while we've had Shaq, Thomas Davis, and Luke. And that's just, I mean, you know, that's why no, no teams are really, you know, historically in the past few years have been able to run the football on us. And, uh, you know, that's been an important part of who we are. But now that you have Thomas Davis, uh, you know, uh, seemingly either not coming back or coming back in a very reduced role, yeah, it really is hard to want to spend that much money on a linebacker when you know that you need better pass rushers. You know that you need better edge defenders and guys that are going to continue to collapse the pocket. And I really – I don't – I don't think that the modern NFL has many other teams that their defense is basically built around their linebackers. So now that we have a few guys that need to be paid and Thomas is on his way out, now it's starting to seem like more of a deficiency that we have uh, rather than a strength. And and then you factor in the money. It it just does seem to be kind of a big problem for us moving forward. Josh from Mass says that uh, Keekley's already restructured his contract. His, according to OverTheCap.com, he signed a five-year contract extension for $61 million with the Carolina Panthers in 2015. Co- contains $27 million in guaranteed. We're estimating that Luke Keekley received $19 million signing bonus. It goes through, so that would have been 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 
15, 16, 17, 18, 19 is five. So he has already restructured because they were, they've extended it through year 2021 on, um, or at least that is what, according to overthecap.com. Now, this makes things even more complicated, and we're never going to get off of, of this, is that for me, is that if you can't do a lot with Luke Keekley's deal and you're not really willing to part ways with him, which nobody is indicating that we necessarily should or that it's a good idea to, but has Marty Herney learned a lesson at all from overpaying a single position group because if you know what got him into trouble in his initial stint in Carolina, it was double paying running backs where that where it just ended up being this is there was too much allocation of the running back position to the salary cap percentage than uh, was particularly worth it. So for me is that that actually complicates Luke, uh, Shaq Thompson's fifth year option even more. It does. And, okay, so Josh from Mass in the chat is saying that the Panthers converted $6.8 million of Luke Kixley's current contract into a signing bonus. This, in turn, gave the Panthers $5.1 million in space toward their salary cap in 2018. So I'm wondering yeah, because if those he are- had a lot less this year. Okay, it makes total sense. Yeah. Okay, so now that these numbers that we're looking at, they kind of make more sense. Um yeah, I mean, listen, it's like, what, what are you going to do about it? I mean, Luke is the, the, the centerpiece of our defense, you know, and it's not like, you know, we're going to uh, convince him to take less money or, or I mean, God, I cannot or imagine. Or anybody but, wants to. Nobody wants to at this point. Is yeah, we'd rather absolutely. see Thomas Davis and Shaq Thompson go than to go and beg Luke Keekley to take a pay cut for – Potentially, at any moment, he could his career could end. Thank God he had no concussion problems this year. Right, and then remember that uh, I don't remember their names right now. But then we also drafted two linebackers this last year, um, and uh, they were. I, I mean, I don't even remember their names. And th- those were two other guys that uh, there were some special teams contributors. But other than that, we have no idea. Uh, what we have in those players. So it is kind of a, you know, we don't really know right now what a linebacking core is going to be. And, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, you don't want to see another um, another linebacker in the first round of the draft. And while I agree with those, with those sentiments, uh, I also know who Devin White is, the, the linebacker out of LSU, who is an absolute missile uh, so depending on how our free agency ends up going, uh, he isn't a player that I would hate to have on the football team, especially next to Luke. But um, I do understand that, uh, I mean, having to pay all that money right now uh, and having to sign Shaq, yeah, it, it really doesn't seem reasonable. And I think now people are starting to see how many holes there are on this football team that are going to have to be, up serviced in, in somehow, some way. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So we've talked about the only the two other names, and Cody uh, from Virginia brought this up. Is Eric Reed right now is the only free agent on this list that I feel like is worthy of pursuing. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's not unfair. I mean, he contributed in, in, a, in a larger way than I feel most of the other people on that list did, you know? Maybe Mike Adams, but – and see, then again, that's another thing. Do you get one in free agency or do you – uh, draft another one. So, you know, yeah, I agree with Jeremy Clancy. Tough decisions will be made, and they're going to have to be made. Right now at safety, though, is that um, you're really talking about this is, look, is I don't actually even put him in the realm of a top 10 safety right now. I'd say he's second tier at best right now. And I would say he's along the lines of maybe an Eric Weddle, who's more of a free safety. Well, let's see, maybe Jonathan Cyprian, who I think they've had some problems with in with the Titans. I just don't think that he can command Honey Badger money just yet. I don't think that he can command uh, Earl Thomas money. So I think you could get, Eric, um, Eric Reed at a reasonable price. When he says market value, I hope that means in uh, just in accordance with starting sa- strong safety production. And um, I think that he would be a reasonable sign. But again, I think we talked about this on the post game show, Cody. It's remarkably important for the Carolina Panthers to pair a guy who is even better than him at free safety to get the most out of Eric Reed. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm almost to the point where our, our safeties have been so marginal for such a long time that I, I really, I'm not going to be too mad. I mean, unless it's some astronomical number, I'm not really going to be too mad at whatever we do end up paying Eric Reed. If we do end up paying, we never it's, tried to fix the problem. We have no, never, never tried to fix the safety issue since Mike Mentor left. I mean, people don't realize that the last time we drafted a safety in the first round was Thomas Davis, and he doesn't play safety anymore, in case anyone hasn't noticed. So, yeah, it's a position um, that we have kind of uh, neglected for a long time. We just brought in sort of marginal free agents on the back end of their career or guys that have been, you know, only average other places. And and listen, to to their credit, we've had some good ones. Um, Kirk Coleman was great for uh, a few years. And then um, even Roman Harper played a, played a big part in that 2015 run. But it, All it, it really, piecemeal, though. All piecemeal. Yeah, 100%. And that's the point. Like, it, we, it, it's, it really is about time that we decide – to um, you know, really put some some premium draft picks on the safety position. Uh, if not, we need to sign a player like Eric. Because I'm telling you, I mean, he may not. We be may have the to do both. Good. I think we. I think the real option is to do both. Okay, so then let me ask you this: get Eric Reed, and to get him at a at a point in his career where he's not old and busted like Kirk Coleman. He's three years younger than Kirk Coleman was when he came here, four years. He's 10, 12 years younger than Mike Adams, and he's about six or seven years younger than Roman Harper was. So you get a guy who's going to be a sustain, who can hold up for three years, and then in the draft, you target somebody, and I don't know if you do it in the first round necessarily at 16, 
I think that might be a little high, but can you get that rangy free safety like we wanted his brother to be in the second round? Yeah, well, the 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 guy and Adam Martin just just mentioned him in the chat, Deontay Thompson. Um, if you're looking for a free safety in this draft right now, uh, Deontay Thompson from Alabama is the bell of the ball, and I mean that there's just no if ands or buts about it. I mean he is a ball hawk. I've seen him make a ton of plays. Um, He's a more immediate nightmare for me because I'm a Clemson fan and we're getting ready to play Alabama. So, um, yeah, it, it's one of those situations where – say that again. Joe Riolano, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, our, our favorite freaking Puerto Rican. How you doing, Joe? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm late to the show as usual, but sounds like you guys – I've been listening. You guys have been uh, having a really good show so far. Glad I could be part of it. And what I said was, all in, baby. All in, baby. Beating Bama on Monday. That's what we're going to do. That's right. Uh, yeah, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, I, I really do think that it's one of those things where at some point in time, you know, here's another David Gettleman-ism, you know, that, and I'm sure people are tired of me talking about him. But um, you're not going to have a ton of depth at every position. With the amount of players that you're allowed to have on a roster, it's just not possible. So, you know, at some point, if you uh, sign Eric and then draft a free safety in the first round, you know, it, it, it might uh, leave some holes in some other areas. But going forward, now that's a position of strength for us that we don't have to worry about in the next, you know, two or three years. So you have to look at that when considering what players you're going to bring in. And re in re-signing Eric Reed, we don't have to commit long term to him because we do have Golden back there. And you can give him I, a three year deal. You gotta give him a three year deal. They yeah, don't want a two year deal. He wants a three year deal. And that's reasonable. I think so. I think that gives you a chance. You got a solid starter and you that'll give you enough time to evaluate Golden. To see if he can step into the role after three years. And that, frankly, is kind of what pisses me off about the last couple of games of the year. They had a really good opportunity to evaluate Golden. Throw him in there. You know, let's see what he's learned, what he's picked up. Let's see if he can apply the techniques that we have been teaching him. And, and, you know, See if you know he's the future for us. And then also, do I don't even. And then also, I don't even know if the coaches intend to play him at at safety. So I remember there was one interview where where uh, Ron Rivera said that uh, they uh, review or they view uh, Rashawn Golden as the future at at the big nickel position. So oh my I, god, yeah. no, he's not. Yeah, no, he's not. Right. He's the free safety. I don't again. even think he. I don't even think he worked uh, well as, as being a replacement for Eric Reed. I think Eric Reed is so clearly a strong safety, a big body. He looks like a giant out there. I know he's only 6'1", but he is a big body guy. He throws the shoulder around. He is like a Swearinger type player, or I'm trying right. to think of some of the guys. You know, he is not the rangy 
free safety guy. You need a rangy guy beside him. So I think that Galden, I think it would have been, if we really truly wanted to evaluate the safety position, it is, hey, keep Eric Eric Reed out there and put Galden out there to see if he can be a free safety. There's no way little Galden is going to be playing like a damn linebacker and or is fast enough to be a cornerback. I don't if have you, a lot of faith little, in that. He's not that little. I mean, you make it sound like he's Captain Munderland. I'm going to look <laughs> it up. I, well, he's not that little, but uh, he's 6'1", 200 pounds. Well, but see, here's, here's the deal. I, I, he is at the, 200 at pounds the is the baby. Yeah, I mean, I think at the comp at the combine he only ran like a a four or five something, and generally you four, do six. want your, four, yeah, four, okay, even yeah. yeah, even even worse, man. So yeah, I don't I don't like Rashawn at the free safety position. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he doesn't have a um that he doesn't have a position on this team. Um, I'm not even mad at, at um, and I know you just talked about some of the the deficiencies that Eric Reed has. But I don't even mind letting them play free safety for a little while just to put Rashawn Galden in the box because your free safety is a faster safety than your mm-hmm. strong. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we really have a lot of hard decisions to make about our defensive backfield. And James Bradbury, he's going to be coming up soon as well. So I, I want to mm-hmm. invest in, in safety in some way, shape, or form be it free agency or somewhere in the draft. And uh, I I want safeties that are going to allow our cornerbacks like Bradbury and Jackson to be able to play the football. Go for the interceptions. Don't worry about what's behind you because our safeties are going to take care of it. And we don't have that right now. All right, last uh, free agent discussion for now because we're going to break down free agency in depth throughout the month of February as we approach it. But we just saw the list that was released by the Carolina Panthers of the pending free agents, and the names that have stuck out to us so far have been Eric Reed, David Mayo, and last to me is Daryl Williams. Right now, the Carolina Panthers' offensive line has been in shambles. It's reti- we're retiring Ryan Khalil. Matt Khalil has come out and said, I, I read this story about Matt Khalil uh, talking about this year, and he says, I want to give it another go. I thought the way he phrased that was so pussy. Sorry, ladies. I don't mean to be like. Uh, so, so, but what I'm trying to say is this, is that it didn't sound hungry to me. It sounded timid. It sounded worried. Is this, is that I'm ready to come back to compete, to be a part of this team, not uh, just a speed bump. But I think right now the question goes is what do you do with Daryl Williams coming off an injury one that isn't as severe as we we probably thought, or actually, J- Joey didn't he have it? Wasn't it a uh, the thing you got snipped at one point? Oh, uh, the uh, one that goes over the kneecap, the PCL, yeah, or something the meniscus. Like that? meniscus, meniscus. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, we'll have to go back and look up the injury. But what do you do with Daryl Williams, a guy who has shown only one year so far? 
that he he's shown one year of tape that is effective and productive. That was two years ago, not this past year, the year before. Uh, but he has been riddled with injury. Mm-hmm. What do you do with Daryl Williams? How do you deal with this? Or is this a guy that you cut bait with? Um, for me, I like the potential that he showed with the one really productive year. Um, there is some concern about injury. I think the first thing you have to do is make sure he's going to be 100% healthy, that he'll be able to be recovered, healed up, and there'll be no, uh, nothing lingering going on. I think, I think his injury was a, uh, not ACL. I think it was the patella tendon. I think that that's sounds what right. He, is that yeah, PCL? That's what it was. Yeah, PCL. Yeah, that's what it was. PCL. That's right. Anyway, I think you gotta make sure he's healthy, and then you can start to talk to him about uh, prove it deal. You know, we'll sign you yeah. one year. We'll pay you. $4 million, we'll guarantee you $4 million, $5 million, something that's a solid deal. You have a good year, your next contract will be for four years. You know, that kind of thing. Well, um, I, I know I know somebody who's, uh, whose opinion that I want to get on this, because this man always brings the smoke when he is in the chat room. And tonight, uh, a longtime fan of ours is going to join us via Shindig. We're going to see how his connection is. The man, the myth, the legend, Carl D, is joining us. Carl D, what's up, brother? What's up, what's up? Can y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good, man. Oh, okay. I didn't know y'all could hear me. What's up, fam? What's up? What's up? Yeah, man. Welcome to the C3 Podcast. You're a you're a member of the family, and we got to ask you this. We're jumping off. Uh, we want your opinion on Daryl Williams. What do you do with him? Wow. <laughs> Bam. Do it right at you. <laughs> yeah, you did. I don't know, because Moten's been doing a good job over there. I don't do you put if we keep him? Do we throw him at left tackle? Um, no, no, he can't handle left tackle. There's no way. Oh, wait, wait. You're saying Moten? Moten can't. Yeah, I, I can. thought you were saying Daryl Williams. I was no, gonna say, I was talking no about Daryl Williams. Yeah. Is this is the question that I think ultimately comes down to with Daryl Williams? Is this is like Joey said, a prove it deal? Daryl Williams isn't right now though. He's he's shown some good film. He's shown some productivity, but he's also had some injury problems. You know that he's going to be trying to not get a prove-it deal, but at least get a little bit. We're talking a two-year deal. What we need to do is the question is, is that we could use some horses in the stable when it comes to the offensive line. Do you think that Daryl Williams can come back from this habitual injury, or are you too concerned about it? Because he's looked better than guys like Amini Silatulu. He's looked better than Matt Khalil. Do you take a chance and sign him to a two-year deal, maybe? I put him I give him a prove it. 
I tell them you got to okay. prove it to me that you can that you can play like you did two years ago. He hasn't shown a ton, has he? It's not been an immense amount of tape that he has been great. In fact, he was pretty. He was better than he was good, but he wasn't great at the same time. And it's not like Cody. I'm going to you, Cody, here on this is that it doesn't also look like he's going to turn into the best right tackle in the league either, does it? <laughs> right, and I haven't mentioned I haven't mentioned last show. I, I think that Daryl Williams a lot of the times benefited from playing next to Trey Turner because I think I still think Trey Turner is a real good football player. Um, but yeah, man, and listen, man, Carl kind of going back and forth on this offensive line. I, I just think that you need to do whatever you need to do to shore up to shore up that line and, and give Cam some time to be able to throw the football effectively. The problem with that, with Daryl Williams, is you have one year of high-level production from Daryl Williams, and then you have one year where I mean, he was a non-factor. I mean, he got hurt uh, in preseason, and then the first game of the year, I mean, he got hurt again, you know? So you don't have a large case study to go on to prove that he's going to be able to dominate some of the best pass rushers in football. Because now that's what they do. The Bosa's, the Max, the Millers, J.J. Watts, they line up across from the right tackle. So you have to be able to deal with the best pass rushers in, in the NFL. And I don't know that we've seen enough from Daryl uh, for him to be able to say that he commands that type of money. I mean, we don't know that that's what he's capable of. Well, yeah, you, yeah, you're right about that. In that case, then, bye bye. <laughs> Peace. Well, yeah, I mean, that, and, and that's where Joey's probably right. That's where Joey's probably right on this. Is that beyond a one year deal right now? It's sad. It's a sad deal for Daryl Williams for a guy, a big guy like that who is, you know, they don't get a ton of opportunity. But, I mean, I guess it is is anything beyond one year is just doing it because you like them. Yeah, I mean, and I hate that Daryl got hurt because I really wanted to see how good Moten would have been at left tackle, how he would have worked out a left tackle. But I think Moten is more fitted for the right tackle than left tackle. So you can't have both of them playing right tackle, so one of them got to go. and. And it yeah. will be it'll be Daryl Williams to me. Yeah, well, it's definitely you know, not Moten, that's for sure. And you know, <laughs> so, something else I'm wondering is, I mean, I guess it just depends on what uh, what money teams are willing to throw around. But how much are other teams going to be willing to pay Daryl Williams uh, based off of one year of production? Also, so he not might it might, be a, it might be a scenario where Daryl Williams wants. You know, anywhere between eleven to thirteen million dollars a year, but then that's not the offers that he's getting from San Francisco and New York. And he has said that he likes being here in Carolina. So I am hopeful that um, that is something that 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 we can do because I think I think I've heard Carl type this out before too. You know, if we're able to have Daryl Williams at right tackle, Trey Turner, whoever our singer is going to be. Uh, whoever our left guards are going to be, and you know, maybe put maybe put Taylor Moten on the left. 
that's not a you know if you're able to fill in those two slots, that's not the that's not the worst lineup. No, I I think um, you know him expecting like eleven and twelve million dollars is ridiculous because I don't think there's anyone that's going to pay him that except Dave Gettleman. Um, <laughs> but no, he's not going to get that. I, I love our chances of being able to resign him to a really short deal. Hopefully he is able to get back to that 2016 or 2017 form and um, really play well. And then, you know, he plays well, we'll reward him with a four or five year deal. And, and, you know, we'll have the right side of our offensive line set. We'll be good to go. Um, one thing I want to ask you guys real quick before we go is, where are we with Greg Olson? Oh, that's a good question. I'm interested to hear everybody's opinion on Greg Olson. Because uh, I think out of all the old guys on the team, he'd be the one I'm most comfortable with uh, coming yeah. back. Just because at, yeah. if you're playing tight end, it's not necessarily a position that, you know, has ever been super-duper agile or quick. You know, he's not Travis Kelsey as far as athleticism. Um, no. So I, I, think, I think just having having the threat of him on the field and maybe you put Ian Thomas out there also, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind Greg for another year. I really wouldn't. I don't think you have a choice. And the reason I say this is that if you cut him at this point, you have $7 million in dead money and you don't save anything. Oh, no, yeah. he's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is he's gonna get um he that's according to overthecap.com is that's right. a pre-June first cut and and this is that if Greg is willing to come back and do it to it, um I I think that like hey is like given the change in leadership that we're experiencing mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing. And and it's not one of those plays. I, I think it's not one of those positions either, where all of a sudden because his athleticism is dropping off, he's never been the most fleet of foot guy. Yeah. Like it's not like no, I would think this. Yeah. If you're not going to save any money, keep him. Right? Yeah. I mean, and if it's going to cost you money, he can be. He can be um, a contributor. He really can, yeah. as well as he can still continue to mentor. Um, the the rookie tight end we have, his name escapes me right now. But Ian yeah. Ian. Thomas, mm-hmm. he can continue to mentor him, and you know, kind of continue to show him what it takes to be a professional football player, and how to watch film, and you know that sort of thing. And then after next year, you know, it's Thomas' job. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. Share the show on a Facebook group or in Reddit or wherever you hang out and talk about the Panthers. Let them know that we're going to be doing this every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., although it is Wednesday because of the new year. I want to move on to this. Cam Newton's shoulder and a sense of urgency at this point. There's been a strange – this is a quote from – and I wish I could have the audio for this, as I've only seen it in written form. North Turner talking about Cam Newton in his shoulder. 
there's a sense of urgency right now of having an exact plan for Cam and diagnosis of where is he, where he's at. We certainly wouldn't want to get caught in this situation again. So that will create a sense of urgency about how we evaluate quarterbacks. Now, North Turner's talking about, obviously, Allen, Gilbert, and uh, help me out, Heineke. (laughs) And I think that pretty much says this, is that those guys, as of now, aren't good enough. That's how I interpret this. Um. I, I don't I don't know about not good enough. Well, I mean, I, I like I said after the Saints game, and it was a vanilla defense that Allen was going up against. But I I, I think Allen's young enough and talented enough that that he can be a good um a good backup quarterback behind Cam Newton. And if we do end up you know re-signing Cam in a few years, you know maybe he's like a Jimmy Garoppolo for us, and, and that he can be a player that if we're able to continue to develop him, maybe he's trade fodder at, at some point in a, in a few years. Um, I, I think that's a, a likely scenario. Um, I, I think he's talented, but um, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to, what to think about that. Carl, I'm going to ask you this. To me, that statement, what it indicates is this, is that if Cam Newton suffers a prolonged injury, if he has to miss time in 2019, um, we really can't go to the damn drawing board with these guys. <laughs> you, yeah, it's, it sounds like that. I mean, I, I mean, I like Allen because he's, he's cocky. He's one of them cocky kids that he ain't afraid to take, to take to throw that deep ball. That's what I like about about him. But in the same sense, with with little experience, you can't go, yeah. you can't go eight games with those dudes. Exactly. You can't go four games with that. That's not gonna work. You got to go get like Teddy Bridgewater or Joe Flacco. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Allen can win us two games. Man, two games I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Is I don't know if that's a feasible plan, Joey. Not if the I'm going to go to that freaking Puerto Rican, Joey. The sense of urgency at this point. What we're interested in at this is that to me, this sounds like, hey, we better have a plan in case Cam isn't ready to go. Joey, how do you feel about that plan at this moment? Um, I I feel. <laughs> um, I, I think they need to find out, like, this week, if you're going to need surgery or not, and if he's going to, then let's do it, like, this week, or at the beginning of next week, so we can get this rehab rolling. Because um, I don't like who we have. Um, we really... Oh man! <laughs> we, 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 He's watching uh, TV and talking on this podcast. No, no, no. I thought you were talking about him. We don't really have a plan. Um, I mean, Allen, he looked good. Don't get me wrong; he looked good against the Saints, but you know, the Saints had no motivation. 
They really had nothing to play for. I'm sure they were playing pretty vanilla. Um, so it's one thing when, you know, it's week 17 and you're playing against guys that are going through the motions. And another thing when, you know, you're, you're fighting for your playoff lives against your team. So, yeah. Um, I, I we definitely don't have a plan right now. I don't. If think. you go into the season thinking that any one of those guys, I don't even. I think that Heineke. The reason that we had Heineke and any of these guys, the whole point is this: is that it's cam or bust. Right. That's fine. That's a fine plan. Is that is is that we think Cam's going to play all year, and if he doesn't, and it sucks. But you can't go into the year and say Cam Newton. Arguably, there's a good chance he won't play, and then not do anything. And for me, I I know that everybody has been praising this Jordan Rodriguez uh, article about Cam Newton and comparison to how they've handled Andrew Luck. But I don't I don't think it's all that. And the reason I don't think it's all that. Is because this is it don't say shit. Nobody knows <laughs> if Ron, if if Cam's Newton's shoulder, if like what it seems like the medical people don't know what to do at this point. And I don't know if that's the case, but I can tell you this if your shoulder hurts, don't use it. Okay, like so that's I'm not gonna... a good article. Right. I'm gonna jump in. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I will jump in and say this. Uh, Ian Rappaport reported that there's no uh, there's no structural damage to his shoulder, so that tells me that is probably not gonna need surgery. But that also tells me that they don't know what the hell is wrong with Cam Newton's shoulder. Like no, I, I mean, I mean, just they brass tacks. They they really don't. And you you gotta say, uh, I mean, what if it's one of those things that he's just gonna require rest? I mean, I don't know, man. That all. It smells fishy to me. I, I, it's just, it really it don't sound right. It don't feel right. You know, either, either Cam Newton needs surgery or, or or something. He's gonna need something. Go ahead, Carl. You you know what that just reminds me of? Um, what was it last year with with Ryan Khalil with the neck injury where he just yeah. woke up all of a sudden and said his yeah. neck would hurt when he missed all them games. <laughs> This is what this reminds me of. Here's where I don't like the comparison when it comes to Andrew Luck and and Cam Newton and how this article tried to expose how, like, well, there was only one thing that you could do, and that is wait. Well, the problem is, is Cam Newton has thrown the ball for a season and a half, two seasons. Andrew Luck, he couldn't throw a tennis ball. That's what they were doing. Do you yeah. remember when they were starting his rehab and they were like, we threw a tennis ball today. Cam yeah. has been throwing a football for two years. Like, what the hell? Like, y'all just realized? I mean, to me, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's why it's fear. There's a lot of fear there. If mm-hmm. Cam Newton's shoulder is broken, man, I'm going to cry. If his shoulder's yeah, broken, do we have to draft a, a quarterback? But they're saying it's not broken, though. So 
I don't, I, I don't know. They're saying, you know, that there's no structural damage to his shoulder. And that's what scares me because if that's the case and he's not going to need surgery, then it's just what I said. They have no idea what in the hell is wrong with Cam Newton's shoulder. And that's a problem going forward, man. This is the last thing I'll say about the backup quarterback position. I would much rather us, uh, uh, um, you know, cultivate a talent like a Josh Allen, even if it's not him, whatever. Cultivate a talent uh, and, and rear a, a young quarterback behind Cam Newton instead of having to go to free agency and spend on Bridgewater or who, whatever the hell else Joe Schmo is out there at the time. You know, let, let's have a, a guy that, that we have in-house that doesn't cost a ton of money that will uh, be able to back up Cam. I did want to ask. You, mean Carl, you don't want to spend fourteen million dollars on Sam Bradford? <laughs> hey man, I don't, I don't know. I mean, when you put it that way, you know, it's kind of enticing. Hell no! Nah, now bro. it's like this: draft him in round one. Shit, just get yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah, man. But, uh, all right, so, uh, so listen, man. My man Carl D, uh, you're in our cat calls tonight, but you are also blessing us with your presence. So is there anything that you wanted to ask us or mention to us or throw out there, man? We're, we're kind of uh, – we'll turn it over to you for you to say whatever it is you want, man, before we let you go for the night. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, yeah, it's, it's strange about that camp thing. If we – I do have – I do have a suggestion. If we are going to draft a quarterback, you know, to be like Cam's understudy, I would try, try to do um, um, what's his name, Finley from North Carolina State. From, Ryan uh, Finley. Oh yeah, 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 Ryan. Oh, Finley. Yeah, okay. yeah. He would be a good. He would be a good. Um, he'll be a good understudy for Cam. Yeah. Yeah, the dude. Yeah, that dude is awesome. We won't. I mean, if you're going to draft any of these quarterbacks coming out. He'll be the one that I would take. Maybe later rounds. I ain't gonna say take him in the first round or second round, but yeah, yeah, yeah maybe a fourth that. round pick. Yeah, maybe um, even like a, like a maybe even like a Trace McSorley out of Penn State. I don't know if you've seen a whole lot about him. There, there's, there's, I've a seen few, a, there's. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, no, I was just saying that in the later rounds of the draft, there are going to be some uh, some some lesser name quarterbacks that are going to be available. And, yeah, Ryan Finley is one of them. He's been good for NC State for a while. Yeah. Um, I would say that that um, quarterback at Duke, that a lot of people was high on. But yeah, that, uh, the way Daniel, they, the way they uh, talking, he going to be he first round for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, but. which is insane to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely insane to me. That that's not that's not a first round quarterback, in my humble opinion. But okay. Yeah, just like I thought Trubisky wasn't a first round quarterback to me because he sucked in at Carolina. But oh <laughs> well, <laughs> he only played thirteen games. Exactly, yeah. but they had him. But all these scouts had him as the better than De- than your boy Cody Deshaun Watson. I was like, please. Which was a travesty, man. A travesty. It was a travesty. An but, absolute travesty. Yeah. Deshaun but yeah, was the um, best player in football that year. 
Yes, he was. Um, but the Cam situation, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how. You mean tell me nobody knows anything about that man's shoulder? Nobody. It's insane, man. <laughs> it's insane. Man. Crazy. So, so they knew his shoulder was hurt, but they still kept him out there. Look at this. Air Raid 73 coming in the chat room says this. Uh, in four more years, Holton Aylers will be will succeed Cam Newton, the ECU Pirate, baby. <laughs> yeah, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all tripping. That's <laughs> y'all. He went to high school two blocks from here. Two blocks. I can see that. I can hear the high school when they <laughs> play football games. And he's big. He's a big boy. He looks more because he's white. He looks more like Tim Tebow, but but he's <laughs> lefty too. So, but he's pretty good. He's pretty good. All right, Carl D. Um, we're gonna get you in the cat calls too because you got a lot of suggestions here. Uh, we'll, we'll see you in the chat room. I hope. All righty. Thank you guys for right. having yes. me, and I will be back as soon as I can another time. All right, okay. man. Excellent. Anytime. All right. Bring, the, bring the heat whenever you want, man. All I got to do is jump in. Uh, all right. All right. All right. So, that's, yeah, Carl, right that's Carl D. I'm going to play the cat calls right now. Uh, well, first, I should say this. You're listening to C3 Panthers podcast. There's 42 people watching right now. There's 21 thumbs up. Double down, folks. Double down and press smash the thumbs up button. If you're listening on Facebook, we appreciate it. Uh, Sean Gilly, Franklin Klimek, uh, thank you for tuning in to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're here on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. generally. The last two weeks because of the holidays, we've moved the show to Wednesdays. But it's Tuesday night, 9 p.m. You can find us on all your major podcast outlets, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify. Go ahead and be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast by calling into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. And let's jump in uh, to Carl D's time to shine moment. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... Who's that guy sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid that can use one? What's up, C3 Podcast? This is Carl D. What's going on, C3 fam? The Professor T. Mr. Cody and the mean one, Joyce. <laughs> okay, guys, it's the it's it's that time. It's that time of the um calling with Cody's draft board today. I'm going to exclude Nick Bosa. And Rashawn Gary, because they probably gonna be gone by the time we we get a chance to select. So today, <clears throat> let's see. We're gonna start with Cody Yoga, Cleveland. I, I 
Sparrow. Sparrow. Six five two sixty five. Which Echo. Cody, I don't Echo. have to tell you too much about Mr. Click. Cleveland or Colin, however you pronounce his first name. It's up good speed, very athletic, and he did, yeah, very quick off the snap. If he was to fall for us, man, that would be a great pick for us. You know it and I knew it. Um, yes, it would. Yes, see. Would. Um, another on my list is a Florida product, Jaliha. Man, I'm butchering his first name. Polite from Florida, six two two sixty. Jakai Polite, yeah. What I would consider a hybrid defense, hybrid defensive end, outside linebacker slash. Um, he's he's pretty much athletic, but me personally, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't draft him. Um, he doesn't fit the Panthers' um, defense. But here's my sleeper pick, guys. I'm going to go with Zach Allen from Beast Boston College, 6'4", 284. Yeah, I like Zach. On the film, this guy has very good, great instincts. He's a good run defender, and he has a high motor as well. So, yeah. That's good. And then <clears throat> my two other picks. My other sleep. Hi, this is called D. He got cut off. He got cut off. <clears throat> Excuse uh, my voice. A little funny. So I'm like, I got a little, trying to get a little horse there. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, back to my sleeper picks. My favorite player on this list is another one of your guys, Cody, um, Austin Bryant. I just, I, okay. for some reason, I love this dude. He does not get the recognition that the other three linemen on Clemson get. But to me, yeah. this dude this is good. I mean, 6'4", 260 pounds. This dude, he, one of the most impressive parts is when I'm watching, this dude is very, has a very outstanding quick, quick off the snap. I mean, as soon as the ball is snapped, he's, he's on his way in the backfield. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And Cody, I don't, his hip move, his dude has some, he good, um, good moves when he, he has some, some good moves coming off the edge, especially with his hip movement when he go into his, that one move that, um, it's almost similar to like a, a, um, stiff arm, but it's a, it, he takes it and goes up under the offensive lineman to get by him, almost like a, uh, uh, I don't know, some kind of alternate version yeah. of a bull rush, but not quite a bull rush. Anyway, this dude, man, I, yeah, Austin Bryant, if we get this dude, 
I would, I would definitely be one of the happiest people. Now, I see some some experts like say Austin, more than Cleveland. I know he's there. he's like his number one fan. I don't. I really didn't see it. I think it was more of the situation which made it look like Bryant took place off, but not not really. I don't agree with that. And my last two are Anthony Nelson, six seven, two hundred and sixty pounds from Iowa, defensive end. He. Yeah, I lost sound, you there? Hi, guys. This is Cordy again. Yeah, I was that. Did you lose me entirely? For a minute, yeah. For a minute, yeah. yeah, yeah. I changed it trying to figure it out. Right now, as I've got you and the cat calls on the same channel sadly and i don't know what to do to fix it so just as i play the next call if you are talking and it's playing at the same time it will have some echo so we'll kind of we'll just try to have to wait till afterwards all right just go overall let's respond to that to the a couple of those go ahead and tell us where you found on that okay you um, okay you um you're still, I'm still hearing the echo, I'm still hearing the echo though all right, you're still hearing the echo. Try it now. Yo, yo, yo. All right, much better. Um, yeah, so, no, listen, I love that Carl is uh, is really looking at these players, man, because a lot of these are players I'm looking at. And uh, Joey's not, not in here right now. He had to step away from the computer. But, yeah, as a Clemson fan, I mean, I, I know this guy is inside and out. Um, when it comes to Farrell, the first guy he mentioned, he's being ta- uh, talked about. Um, from a lot of people as being a top 10 prospect. Then there are other people that they don't like him, some even in the first round, which I'm, I'm kind of in between on, on Farrell when it comes to that. Um, I do think that the guy that Carl loves, Austin Bryant, his number seven, he's the weak side defensive end for Clemson. Um, he is the type of player that, you know, he benefits from having three other monsters that he's playing next to. But he does do everything well, man. His bend is high end. Um, he has great hands. All of the guys on the Clemson defense, and I'm not saying this because I'm a fan, they really are incredible pass rushers. They live in the backfield. Um, they're great football players. And I'm a, you know, I think Bryant isn't necessarily as consistent as Cleveland Farrell is. He's a, a more consistent Farrell is a more consistent pass rusher, and I think that he's a little bit better with his hands. Um, more, like I said, more consistently than Austin is. Um, he named a few people, but the last thing I'll, I'll say is, um, you know, stay tuned to the show throughout the offseason because Tony and I were talking. We have some stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, we're we're going to be really delving into a lot of these different players that are going to fit what we do and what we do well. And uh, one of the things that we'll be talking about is, does a defensive end fit what we do? So Josh Allen is a player from Kentucky that's, I mean, he's a monster. He's a man amongst boys, and a lot of mock drafts are drafting him to the Panthers. But the problem is, is he's more of an outside linebacker, that Vaughn Miller type. And that's not 
what we're going to do here in Carolina. So you have to make, make sure that they fit the right, um, the right personnel that we have here in Carolina. But shout out to Carl, man, for the, for the picks. I love them. Keep it coming, man. Go Tigers. All right. Let's see if, uh, let me see here if I can get these calls going on. If you can, I might have even fixed things. People making fun of me in the chat room talking about how I got to get traded Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know if this is. Let me see if this is Carl D again. Yo, it's Pigskin Pete. Just nope. calling to show my support my for man. the Panthers and uh, your show. Well, look at that. My man, yeah, man just calling in to show his support. Pigskin Pete, way to go, dude. Yeah, he is a, he is a Clemson YouTuber. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Again, I'm a Clemson fan. And um, he always shows love to the Cat Chronicles podcast. Uh, so, hey, man, thank you for for the shout-out, man. I love what you do. And uh, maybe we can work together in the future in some way, shape, or form, brother. But thanks for the love, man. I think he's coming back here. Let's see if there's anything else. Well, so I'm just picking Pete again. I'm just giving it a second chance here to get on the air. For sake. All right. <laughs> Well, that's it. He has two minutes. <laughs> he never hangs up. He never hangs up. They're two minutes and 30 seconds. All right. That's the cat calls, folks. Uh, and look, is uh, Tyler, if you want to join the show, you can do it using Shindig. The link is you use your Chrome browser. The link is in the YouTube notes as well as you can use the app. It's a easy way to jump in. We can bring up to like a thousand people if we truly wanted to. And much like you're saying, if if you want to do that, that is uh, more than available. What we want you guys to do is continue to support the show. The number is 252-228-5098. You can deal with the echoes. Uh, you can deal with us crying about Cam Newton's shoulder. Uh, and you can be a part of that and help uh, prop us up. Uh, I think I've got the audio worked out too late now. We've only got one really last thing to talk about in this show, I believe. We've talked at this point. We've had a pretty, pretty full show, if you think about talking about coaches to free agency and, and Eric Reed to this sense of urgency with Cam Newton. I think now the, it's time to talk about the rest of the league, guys. The Carolina Panthers may be out of it, but the NFL playoffs and the NFL is continuing to to fight and to play. Can you cue up the matchups for us, Cody? The um, playoff matchups is wild card weekend coming up. The Carolina Panthers, you know, the happiest thing I got about this is we finally don't have to hear this stupid crap about the Carolina Panthers potentially at one point having a chance to be a wild card team right now. The wild card teams are set up. To me, this is actually a very surprising list of some of the teams that are going to be playing this week. Right now, it looks like, what do we got? The Chargers versus uh, Colts, Texans, Chargers, Ravens, Seahawks, Cowboys, and Eagles, Bears. Who are the wild card teams out of that? Would it be the Seahawks and the Eagles and then the Chargers and the Colts? Uh yeah, so the uh yeah, it's the yeah, yeah, you got it. The Seahawks and the Eagles and the Chargers and the Colts. Uh I kind of feel bad for the Chargers because at twelve and four, 
dude, in, in the other year, that's a number one seed, man. I mean, they 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 kicked ass this year. Uh, yeah, and they're they're a good football team. Uh, they just uh, you know had the the un the unlucky circumstances of being in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs when Pat Mahomes decided to absolutely go nuts and probably he'll end up being the MVP. Um, yeah, man, which uh, which one do you want to talk about first, man? These are some uh, these are some good matchups, man. I'm actually excited, even though my my, my Carolina Panthers are not in the playoffs. It's almost a weight off my shoulders because I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like I just get to watch a bunch of good football games, you know, and not have to be too, too heavily invested in one team or another. So, uh, yeah, man, which one do you want to wrap about first? Well, I, let's start. Let's just go left to right. We'll start in the AFC, Colts, Texans. For me, this is easy. I think the Texans have been a at 11-5. and five. They've got to be the quietest 11-5 and five team in the whole league. I, I do think that they went on the road and struggled somewhere recently. Where was it where Deshaun Watson put up all those points in the very last week of fantasy football? He put up like 40 fantasy football points, and they still lost. Was that in Baltimore? Uh, or was it Philly? Was, was it Philly or something like that? Yeah, that was in Philadelphia, man. And and Deshaun Watson just played out of his mind, man. Uh, one of the most lethal connections in the NFL is Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins, man. I mean, those guys are insane together. I've never – it's hard for me to remember a, a time when the entirety of the offense – was based upon one quarterback throwing the ball to one really good wide receiver, and, and that's pretty much it. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't really have um, uh, a standout running back like other teams but do. But they do have a good complementary receiver in the dude that came from Denver. What was his name? Uh, uh, yeah, De- Demarius Thomas. Yeah, like what, what's been his story? Yeah, uh, you know, that was a good trade for them. I'm looking um, up his stats right now. Yeah, um, there was a uh, – and I'm blanking on, on his name. The the uh, the Texans have another wide receiver. Uh, he's a slot receiver. And he's Fuller. been real good. Uh, nah, he's hurt. Him? No, but, well, I, think- I know, but that, that's what I'm saying. That's what prompted them to bring Demarius Thomas in and trade for him. So that way it wasn't just DeAndre Hopkins all on his own. Um, yeah, I listen, I'm um, – and, yeah, Will Fuller. I, I think that's his name. Yeah, that's right. If that's, yeah. yeah, no, it's right if it was the guy that got hurt. Yeah, that, that was him. That was him. And um, he was a good player, but after they lost him – they wanted another option for Deshaun Watson to be able to throw to. And so that was a good move. Um, yeah, man, I'm I, I'm also a fan of the Texans. Listen, man, I, I try not to gush too hard about my Tigers on this show, but Deshaun Watson has a place in my heart. Uh, I, I love Deshaun Watson. I think that he has an incredible career ahead of him. And the man makes magic. I mean, if you look at what he did against Alabama two years in a row, I mean, there is no situation where the moment is too big for him. So even over uh, over Andrew Luck, who I know Brandon thinks I hate Andrew Luck, but I really don't. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like Houston in, in that matchup. I tell you At one thing too. is that Demarius Thomas has been a straight buster over there since he's gotten there. And – I thought that he was just in a bad place, but look, he's 
The most he's had is 61 yards in his first game there. He's had two touchdowns in about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks right there. Not, I thought that that was all of a sudden be a duo that would be unstoppable. It has not panned out as well as they wanted, but necessary. DeAndre Hopkins is unstoppable. And I'm going to tell you this, is that I am going all in. I believe in the Texans, man. I think they're a better team than anybody gives them credit for, and we just don't even pay attention to them. And the Colts, though, here, Cody, we'll end on this on yeah. the, at this point, is the Colts. I don't know what I'm going to get from week to week. I think there's some good pieces there. I think that Andrew Luck is up and down as usual. He has some great moments. He has some okay moments and some things. But like one week, they look like they could all of a sudden be the toast of the town. And then the next week, they look like they only put up six points. Or they only put up six points. Listen, man, the Colts started one and five, and they're in the playoffs now. I mean that's 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 insane, man. And listen, you know, I know uh, you talked about that Jordan Rodriguez article earlier, um, but I mean, if but you even mentioned it when you look at you know how they were talking about Andrew Luck and not even being able to throw a tennis ball effectively to you know thirty something odd touchdowns, and, and you know as it's like I said, they've invested in that offensive line. And it's paid off dividends, man. Brandon Smith out of Auburn as the right tackle, and uh, Quentin Nelson, and man, that that was a, a, an injection of life into that football team. So the matchup is definitely going to be uh, JJ Watt and Jadeveon Clowney and Whitney Merciless against that Colts offensive line. And uh, you know if if they're going to be able to give Andrew enough time in the pocket, because T. Y. Hilton has been the kryptonite for the Texans. Uh, T.Y. Mm-hmm. Hilton is a yeah he burns them. Uh, that that's a, a good matchup, but it's in Houston. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still gonna lean uh, Texas, and I do agree with you, man. I like this Texan. They're my dark horse Super Bowl representative. I don't know if I'm ready to pick them yet, but they are a, a very very good football team, and I'm not surprised if they end up playing uh, in Atlanta. I'm really not. Um, everybody's telling me that Demarius Thomas has torn his ACL like three weeks ago. He had five targets and three receptions on December 23rd, right before Christmas. Um, so it must have been in that game that has happened. I don't see the – and I'm just looking at one place. Yeah, right he did. No, Brandon is right. I do remember that. That is – But three weeks ago. Yeah, I've been well, off um, work forever then, obviously. I got to go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> and it has not been three weeks, sadly. It's only been two, but I've had a good. All right, so going on next. Um, and you know what? Is that who knows? Is, it turns out we just don't even know enough about the Texans, except for that DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson know what's up. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see what Jadavion Clowney's got to do. He's got to come out. He's getting free agency this year. And I'm a little worried. Is that it's a name I want to say that the Panthers should pursue, right? But at the same time, he's had some injury problems himself. Now, going to Chargers and Ravens, this is a game that is perplexing to me. It's going to be – this means it's at Baltimore, right? Fifth seed yes, versus fourth seed. I don't know Baltimore. how to – I don't know how to gauge the Baltimore Ravens. Their defense – 
was toast of the town to begin the season. When we played them, we diced them up. They've had a resurgence in the past weeks, it seems like, as their defenses come back. I've seen Brandon Carr making plays, and I thought he was going to be done. And then the Chargers again, coin flip. It seems like they're two weeks good, one week bad. Two weeks good, one week bad. And then how do you figure this out with Lamar Jackson there? I said it right. I always forget, right? Is it Lamar Jackson, yeah. right? Yeah, Lamar okay. Jackson. Okay. Is that? And then they run the ball like 97% of the time. How do you gauge this game at all, Cody? So, listen, I want to start by saying that I really am happy for Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, out of all of the rookie quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of him, from Darnold to Allen to Rosen uh, and Baker Mayfield, uh, he's the only rookie quarterback that's in the playoffs right now. And uh, he's 6-1 uh, and one with the team, man. So kudos to Lamar. Uh, if you look at what the Baltimore Ravens are doing, it looks almost identical to the 2012 Redskins with uh, Robert Griffin III. They run that read option with the quickness, man. And honestly, there isn't a better quarterback to do it than Lamar Jackson. I mean, he really is our generation's Michael Vick. I mean, that's how that's how fast he is. Wow. He needs to be better. Yeah, he needs to be better throwing the football, without without a doubt. But I do think that over time he will get better as they mold the offense around him. Um, yeah, man. I, I honestly though, as much as I'm I'm happy for Lamar, um, I just I don't trust the Ravens against the Chargers, it, it, even at home. I just don't. I feel Didn't as they though they play each other recently though. Uh, they may have. I don't, I don't know. I don't have their schedule up. up in front of me. Yeah, I'm gonna um, look it up. You know, I, I just feel uh, Bosa and, and Melvin Ingram. Uh, you know, those are two defensive ends that, um, you know, they're not going to fall for the read option. I think the Chargers have had enough time to look at what they do. And listen, when I say read option, I mean, that's what they're doing, man. There's no other bells and whistles. It's a read option offense. Um, yeah, the Ravens and- went to San Diego and beat them 22-10. to 10 Los Angeles. On- oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. In fact, I still wish they were in San Diego still because I hear San Diego is the best place on earth. But uh, yeah. that was just two weeks ago, December twenty second. Yeah. They go west. They go east to west, which is better than west to east. But on the road, taking down the Chargers in the high school football stadium. Well, and see that that's also, <laughs> uh, but that that's also a point to be made though is that now the Chargers, they know what the Ravens do because they've seen it before. Now they have revenge on the mind. Um, I don't know how much of a home field advantage. Um, I think MNT Bank is what it's called, where, where the Ravens play. I mean, I don't know what their home field crowd, um, how much of a boost that is. Um, but I, I don't know, man. I just I, I know what the Panthers did to earlier this year. And while the Ravens may not have as many weapons on offense as a DJ Moore or a Curtis Samuel, I don't know, man. Something in my in my gut just says that uh, I can't trust the the Ravens. Uh, I'm picking Los Angeles uh, in that matchup, man. You know the the scary part for me is I kind of want to pick the Ravens here, but are they so one dimensional? 
Are they so one-dimensional that you can figure it out? I'm going to play it safe. I'm going with the Chargers here. Sneaky good game there, though. Sneaky good game. Yeah. And your boy, uh, your favorite, your favorite, your favorite okay. quarterback other, other than Cam Newton, Philip. Oh, Rivers. yeah. Philip Rivers <laughs> is going to go in there. He can throw like 12 interceptions or 12 touchdowns or both. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Seahawks at Cowboys, really, in my mind, this is the best game of the whole wild card matchup in many ways. Yeah. The Cowboys are surging at the right time. The seat, Both of these teams are surging. I would say that I thought that I think that it's, it's pretty clear. I, I think that the Cowboys uh, on paper are a better team. But – there is the Seahawks have the ability to win games no matter what at times. And for me, the Cowboys have the defense that's better than the Seahawks. I would say this Cowboys defense better than Seahawks defense. Cowboys talent on offense better than that of the Seahawks, except for the fact that Russell Wilson is head and shoulders better than Dak Prescott. But I mean, if you look at the running back position, Zeke just kills it. He does, man. And, you know, I, I honestly think that these two uh, – I do agree with you. This is the best matchup. I feel uh, these teams are easily the most evenly matched of all the games coming up. Um, yeah, listen, I I like – in my opinion, this game is the Seahawks trying to run the football against the Cowboys. And I, I think that they're, they're going to need to establish the run in order to be able to do that. The problem is, and, and listen, I, I have to be fair because I'm not just going to blow smoke and just, you know, be a, a, a super fan. Leighton Vander Esch, that linebacker that they drafted uh, um, this year, man, he, he honestly reminds me of Luke and his rookie season of the NFL, man. And he's a little bit bigger and longer. I mean, that guy's a monster. Um uh, this is a tough one for me, man. I, I'm picking Dallas. I'm picking Dallas. All right, I, you know what? I'm 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 gonna pick Seattle only because I think it's gonna come down to the quarterbacks, and I trust Russell Wilson uh, more than sure. I do Dak Prescott, yeah. man. And I just, I mean, Russell Wilson at the end of a football game, man. Dude, it's hard to say that there's a better quarterback. Jesus smiles on him, dude. Jesus. Yeah, man. Look, he even dates uh, this hot chick, and he doesn't even have sex before he gets married. Wait, yeah. how do you even do yeah. that? She's like this like pop star. What is her name? Sierra or something? Yeah, Sierra. He turned yeah. a hoe into a housewife, man. Yeah. I mean, like this dude does whatever he wants. Is yeah, you're right. Jesus smiles. He throws prayers up too. He'll just chunk it up, and then all of a sudden, it's like right in the bread basket. Jesus smiles on Russell Wilson. I almost called him Russell Westbrook for a second, but I yeah. I think this is. I'm just gonna say that I believe that that Cowboys defense at home and Zeke. That's where this, oh, this is all I'm just saying is yes. Nod to Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott, head and shoulders, right? But Zeke versus whoever they they got back there in Seattle, nod to that. And then at the same time, nod to the Dallas defense. That's my opinion. But Tyler Lockett, baby Lockett, man, he's pretty awesome. And Baldwin came on in the last game of the year. 
if there's going to be a time for him to get healthy. Did you see that one catch he made was outstanding, dude? Could yeah, yeah. His no, Baldwin's a monster, and it doesn't surprise you uh, when you hear that his number is eighty nine because he looked up to Steve Smith, man. I mean, he, that's who he modeled his uh, his game around, and yeah, he's uh, he's done and proud, man. Baldwin's a beast. He is absolutely a beast, man. But you're right. That's the best. That's out of all the uh, the games. That's the one I'm uh, most uh, excited about. Yeah, and now that the Panthers are out of it, if I had to pick any football team that I wanted to win the whole thing, it's the Houston Texans. Like that's yeah, the team I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, that's the team I'm pulling for. But out of all these matchups, um, it's it's a close one between the Texans and the Colts. But yeah, the Seahawks and the Cowboys. That's that's fun, man. Anyway, the Eagles, 9-7, and bruised rib Nick Foles goes into Chicago. Third seed, 12-4. and Another 12-4 and team having to play on wild card weekend. Kind of stinks for them. But the Bears, to me, the Bears, I think the Bears are the, really the best team in the NFC altogether. Well, I guess because the Rams are AFC, right? Or no, they're in a, no, yeah, the Rams they are, are no, the NFC. Yeah, so there's the three. NFC. There's sorry, I'm like all crazy here. But you got the Saints, you got the Rams, and you got the Bears. I think the Saints obviously are the most um, experienced team when it comes to Drew Brees leading them. I think the Rams have a ton of ton of talent all over the place. But for me right now, the Bears are a really well-rounded team. Is that I think it's a giant upset if the Eagles beat the Bears at home. Yeah, and they have um, uh, the, the Philadelphia has like a million different players on IR. Uh, I mean, they just I mean they've turned it on late though, and uh, you they, know, have. It, they have. And, and if you're a Philadelphia fan, I wonder what it feels like that your backup quarterback is the one that you want in the playoffs. Seeing that he's a freaking Super Bowl MVP, man. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy to me. I think they're going to have problems with Carson Wentz moving forward uh, with injuries. But, you know, Tony, you and I, we're kind of in lockstep tonight, brother, because um, I, I think the Bears have the best defense in the NFL, and I don't even think it's close. And, you know, the old, the old saying, man, defense wins championships. And, uh, I, and they I, have I, weapons on offense, too. They are not yeah. – uh, their weakness is Trubisky. That is their weakness, well, uh, uh, really, in theory, is they got Cohen, they got Howard, they got Allen Robinson, they got Kevin White, who is still out there playing, dang. I mean, like, these guys, they got a bunch of receivers, too, that are slot guys that put up a bazillion – I think Benjamin or whatever – so I feel like they are a team that's got ever. It's just all about Trubisky. Can he handle it? John Gruden might have gifted them a Super Bowl by trading them Khalil Mack. Like that yeah. was like the final gem in the infinity gauntlet of the Bears, dude. I'm I'm telling you, man. That's a that's a nasty defense. And I'm I'm higher on Mitch than you and Carl are. I, I think that they they give him too much slack. I've seen him make some good throws. And, uh, and they've done in Chicago a good job at putting an offense around him that he's able to thrive in. Um, and he's mobile. I think this year he almost had as many, uh, as many or if not more rushing yards as Cam Newton. 
or somewhere around there. I'm messing up the stat. I'm positive, but uh, he's a mobile threat, uh, and you know he's done a good job in that offense. And that offensive line is also underrated. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 with you, man, 100. percent I I think Chicago. My in my okay, my dark horse Super Bowl pick, and I'm not I'm not confident enough to say that this is my Super Bowl pick yet, but I'm flirting with the idea of Houston Texans and Chicago Bears in Atlanta, man. I think that's a very possible matchup. Um, but the the one that, that my brain tells me is that um, it's going to be the Patriots and the Saints and the Super Bowl. But um, I hope it's the Patriots and the Saints because that would be like the most epic Super Bowl for football, for NFL. That's going to just make NFL like the biggest thing ever. Uh, is that, imagine but, uh, Imagine what it would do to Atlanta Falcons fans, the team that came all the way back from a 25-point deficit to drive the stick in their heart and their hated division rival, the New Orleans Saints, and they're playing in Atlanta. And they beat them, too, probably. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think that the Saints could get bounced, man, by before you do it. I do is I, I I don't I'm right now I'm not feeling the Chiefs or the Saints as much as I was six weeks ago. I I think the Chiefs are one and done. To be real with you, to be very real with the you, the defense I just don't... can't do enough. The defense is just not working. But then they got some players there. I don't know. Is I don't think I think the Bears, man, the Bears are the team that I would be yeah. worried about playing. That's what yeah, I would say. Bears... Is I hope you ain't playing them in Chicago. Yeah, and, and that's another thing, too. Uh, this will be the first playoff game that Chicago has had in forever. They sold out in a few minutes. Soldier Field is going to be booming, baby. That's going to be a loud place to play in. Um, I, I agree with you, man. I think the Bears, uh, I think if they want to go all the way, uh, they have all the potential in the world to do that. And um, Kansas City, they haven't won a home playoff game since, like, what, 1993 or something insane like that? Yeah, I don't trust them, man. I I do not trust Kansas City. I just don't. All right, we got to get out of here. I got the shindig set to close in two minutes. I said it was going to be a two-hour limit. I thought the show was going to be an hour. It's two hours on the dot. My name's Tony Dunn. This is C3 Panthers Podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We're live on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. I know it's Wednesday here tonight, but we'll be back Tuesday night, 9 p.m. We got a lot in store, Cody. Free agency, the draft. We're going to make this offseason great again. Yeah, we are, man. Listen, stick with us throughout the offseason. We're not going to take a Tuesday off unless we have to move it to a Wednesday like tonight. But, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, man listen, uh, we have content coming for you guys. Um, it's going to be exciting. This is our first offseason with David Tepper. Um, it's going to be fun, man. Keep it right here with the C3 Podcast, and uh, we will not fail to deliver. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and uh, call into the Cat Calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We want to hear your perspective on the Panthers going forward. What are we doing now that Ron Rivera and Marty Herney are here to stay? How will free agency pan out for the Carolina Panthers? Who is a must-keep? Who is somebody that we need to target? And then we got to get into the draft. There's going to be tons to do. 
tons to talk about, and you know we're always going to do it and keep cheering for our Panthers. We'll see you next. We'll see you on Tuesday, 9 p.m. Everyone, have a good night. Keep pounding. And DraftTech.com every Tuesday. Subscribe to the C3 Carolina Panthers podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or anywhere you can catch an RSS feed. Check out CarolinaCatChronicles.com for the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Great cash, homie. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.